Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is Wednesday, November the 4th, 2020, and welcome to episode number 228 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is, of course, WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw on the line here with you. As we get set to bring you, of course, of course the latest, of course, uh, pop culture news reviews from our friends, of course, at 411 Mania. Plus, in addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you, of course, <coughs> our, uh, some history and birthdays from from around the world of pop culture in the form, of course, of television, movies, music, and sports. And also, ladies and gentlemen, to get you prepared for tonight's episode of Revolution, we will be, of course, bringing you, of course, some wrestling news tidbits here, of course, to get your wet your whistle for tonight's, uh, tonight's uh, uh, wrestling news lineup. If you care to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here today. Before we get started with anything, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to, of course, direct your attention to, of course, uh, our Amazon Echo Dot, as it will be bringing you, of course, some, so hopefully we can have some updates here, of course, as far as the 2020 presidential election is. Uh, <clears throat> so let's see what we have, of course, currently, when I ask it, of course, this quite when I ask it this question. Alexa, current news. Chad, here's your news. From CNN, now playing CNN live election coverage. The Republicans who pushed back on him because he was so 
outrageous. I'm glad he hasn't gone out. I'm glad it seems like his lack of being out front claiming uh, victory, because really that's all he would do, right? He wouldn't go out and be gracious, because that's just not in his DNA. He wouldn't go out and say, you know, let's let the vote be counted. He's, he made that clear last night. So keeping him off of the screen, I think, is uh, a really, a really good thing. And can I say, you know, one other thing, you know, Anderson, that I, I know that, you know, we've been talking about this COVID situation for, for months and months. And today, uh, on November 4th, we have this unfortunate situation where it's not just unfortunate, it's tragic that we hit 100,000 cases of COVID for the first time in a single day. We are going to get back to this COVID thing. But I, in the end, when we evaluate all of this, I'm going to be really interested to see in the analysis how much the COVID situation played into the outcome of this election. You know, I think a lot of Democrats were surprised that it wasn't more overwhelming because it seems so obvious that the president was acting so utterly recklessly. We are going to get back to this discussion about COVID. He said that after the election, you know, COVID, 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 we're not going to talk about it anymore. Of course we are. But I do think that in the end, people will be so glad to have a leader that is going to focus on this relentlessly and responsibly like Joe Biden will do. And it'll be interesting to see how the president feels with it and a lame duck if, in fact, he loses this election. Yeah, I mean, if Joe Biden does win, the next several weeks uh, and months until the inauguration will be very interesting. Yeah. What does the president do? Does he, if he ends up losing and not getting those 270 electoral votes, does he concede? What sort of uh, mechanisms does he use in office, executive orders, uh, to get some of his wish list done? Is there a stimulus package? Is there, you know, I think the market would like that, and then the families that are struggling around the country uh, would like that as well. I imagine it will be chaotic. You have to invite them to always setting up uh, their transition websites, and they are looking. Uh, like they think they're going to be in the White House, but it is going to be very unpredictable next few weeks as the country grapples with this economic crisis as well as a health crisis. Alexis, stop. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, uh, that is, of course, some of the headlines that are coming out through CNN. Uh, <clears throat> of course, as they continue, of course, to track this coverage, and looking at and looking at right now, courtesy of Google, they actually have some results here right here as of right now. And this has been updated as of right now, six six thirty eight p.m. Eastern time. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you, of course, in order to win the presidency, a candidate needs two hundred and seventy electoral votes. Um, at last, at last count, right here, ladies and gentlemen, it seems. That right now, Joe Biden is six electoral votes away from winning this election. Donald Trump is only trailing him right now by 50 points. So he has a really, he has a really a whole lot to catch up with. He needs 56 votes to even try to get something going here. The votes, I'm sure, are continuing to get uh, to get tallied. Of course, as of as of as of right now, um, several, of course, uh, states are still re reporting several. Um, it seems that uh, Georgia, 97%, of course, reporting. Uh, right now, Trump is leading that. 
In Nevada, 75% is, is reporting uh, Joe Biden is leading that. In North Carolina and in Pennsylvania, Trump is leading both of those. As Arizona, um, 84% reporting, and it seems like that Biden has got Arizona. And it also seems, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, that Trump is now even has Florida, even like I said, with not with with a whopping 96%. Of course, um, not 96%. Of course. Um, reporting there as well uh some of the others here that we have um iowa 99 percent reporting trump is apparently seen, seems to have iowa michigan with 98 percent and new hampshire 99 percent both of course have gone with biden ohio with 96 percent and texas with 85 percent seems that are going in the way towards trump and is pretty much about 99 percent seems that that it is going to Biden. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's with six votes, of course, like I said, left. I mean, it's, it could be, like I said, a matter of time here before, like, uh, that Joe Biden is going to possibly the, the 2020 presidential election. So, we're going to continue to keep, of course, our eyes and ears open on this. Uh, I will give kudos to the Iceman, Jared DiGeralmo, for keeping us up to date, of course, during episode 906, and keeping us with everything that was going on course election evening, of course, when the votes, of course, seemed to be, of course, be uh, um, <clears throat> coming coming through during the pinch. So we do thank him, of course, to do so, and, of course, he is continuing to monitor, and hopefully we'll have an update here, possibly Possibly soon here. Uh, we, we may hear from him briefly tonight on Revolution. We're not sure. Uh, he had, did. He did say that he would possibly be on Wolfpack tomorrow. Definitely, hopefully, hear from JD. Of course, uh, overall about uh, about his thoughts about everything and everybody else's thoughts here as well about the, of course, the the. the presidential election and what's that what is going to be the future of course of our country for the next four years so we'll have to wait and see what all happens with that in the meantime ladies and gentlemen let's go ahead here 6 39 p.m eastern time we do thank our friends as always at 411mania.com for allowing us here in the wcws radio network for allowing us to read their stories on all of our shows which is of course including uh <clears throat> Including, of course, in addition to Outside the Ropes, of course, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, as well as, of course, Power Hour, as well as WCWS This Morning, among others. Our, uh, our of course, uh, first story of the evening here comes to us yesterday from Jeremy Thomas, as apparently David Iyer has is denying that his Suicide Squad cut is heading to HBO Max. While, well, while we will be getting the Snyder Cut of Justice League on HBO Max, the so-called Iyer Cut of Suicide Squad doesn't seem to be heading that way. Fans have been speculating that Iyer's cut could see a release on the platform, including several fan petitions calling for that to happen. Iyer himself fueled speculation when he said the cut would be so easy to complete. Feel he fueled speculation when he said that the cut would be, in quotation marks, so easy to complete. That said, Iyer threw cold water on rumors that it was actually 
that was actually happening when a fan tweeted him and asked about a report claiming that the film was coming to the service. Iyer kept it short and sweet with a simple, not true, of course, like as he posted this back on tweet back on Sunday the 1st. In the meantime, we will be seeing the sequel to, as James Gunn's The Suicide Squad will release in October of next year. Meanwhile, Snyder's Justice League cut will release as a four-part event early next year. So we'll definitely be watching out, of course. Uh, we'll definitely be, of course, be watching out there for that. Of course, everyone remembers John Boyega as, uh, uh, as of course, playing uh, Finn in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, as well as The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Jeremy Thomas has his story. Apparently, he had a transparent talk with Disney over his frustrations over uh, over the work he did with the, with the Star Wars movies. John Boyega has been open about his frustrations with working on the Star Wars on on Star Wars and says that he had a very transparent conversation with a studio executive over. Boyega, who played Finn in the most recent trilogy, has previously discussed how he was frustrated with how the franchise treated its characters, played by people of color, including himself, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose, Naomi Aki, who played Janna, and even the uh, uh, Guatemala and Cuban-descended Oscar Isaac, who played Poe. Speaking with THR for a new future, Boyega said that he wasn't ever interested in keeping quiet regarding his concerns. He says, I'm the type of person that came into an industry in which I felt there was, not to give it to L.A. stab, just a lot of pretense. I don't roll like that. I've been in situations in life in which I know what it feels like to have your own life at risk. There are deeper things going on here. I don't care about trying to mesh in with the system in order to secretly work it that's just not my way everyone's got to have an honest and open conversation it doesn't have to be conflicting or rude but it's a chance for us to actually really and truly understand where each other is coming from boyega noted that after he spoke out an executive from disney got in touch disney got in touch with him it was a very honest a very transparent conversation he said there was a lot of explaining on their end in terms of the way they saw things they gave me a chance also to explain what my experience was like I'd hope that me being so open with my career at this stage would help the next man, the guy that wants to be the next assistant DOP, the guy that wants to be a producer. I hope that, that, that the conversation is not such a taboo or elephant in the room now because someone just came and said it. Boyga is set, <clears throat> is, set is, is next set to appear in Steve McQueen's Small Axe, which uh, premieres on Amazon Prime Video on November the 20th. He also did. He also did say that uh, he, when he was asked about if he would ever do anything regarding Star Wars ever again, he would. I, actually, I did remember hearing them, him saying that he would not. Uh, he he would not. He would not. Of course, uh, he would not do it. Do another thing involving Star Wars. Jeremy Thomas has also has his this story came out yesterday as Wesley Snipes denies that he tried to strangle David Goyer and other claims from the set of the movie Blade Trinity. I believe that was the one that actually featured Triple H as well. Wesley Snipes is disputing claims from Patton Oswalt from years ago that he tried to strangle David Goyer on the set of Blade Trinity, among other claims. 
Oswald claimed that years ago in an interview with the AV Club that Stimes was just effing crazy in a hilarious way. He tried to strangle director David Goyer. He also said that Snipes would only communicate through post-its and would sign each note from Blade. Asked about the claims, Snipes flat out shot down the allegation that he tried to strangle Goyer, whom who had famous conflicts with on the set of the film. He countered, let me tell you one thing. If I had tried to strangle David Goyer, you probably wouldn't be talking to me now. A black guy with muscles strangling the director of a movie is going to jail. I guarantee you. Did I go to jail for strangling him? Never happened. Snipes reportedly had heavy issues with the production of the film, which was the third in the Marvel Vampire Hunter-based franchise, including the notion that the focus was put on the Night Stalker characters of Hannibal King, played by Ryan Reynolds, and Abigail Whistler, played by Jessica Biel. He reportedly refused to film certain scenes, and Goyer called it the most personally and professionally difficult and painful thing I have ever been through in a 2016 interview with Hitflix. Asked about Oswald's wilder claims about communicating through post-it, Snipes initially giggled and said, Once again, Mr. Oswald is the authority. Ho, ho, ho. Why do people believe this guy's version of this story? Answer me that. Asked if he thought the claims were fair. He got calmer according to the interview. This is part of the challenges that we as African Americans face here in America. These microaggressions, he said. The presumption that one white guy can make a statement and that statement stands is true. Oh, people believe his version is true. Because they are predisposed to believing the black guy is always the problem. And all it takes is one person. Mr. Oswald, who I really don't know, I can barely remember him on the set. But it's fascinating that his statement alone was enough to make people go, Yeah, you know Snipes has got a problem. He continued, I remind you that I was one of the executive producers of the project. He says, I had contractual director approval. I was not just the actor for hire. I had authority to say, to dictate, to decide. This was a hard concept for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. Blade is set to be played by Maris Sala Ali in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a film currently in development. So, we'll just have, we'll have to see how that, uh, that of course, pans out here, folks. Uh, Jeremy Thomas also posted this story as, as season two of The, <coughs> of the Witcher. Uh, video shows off some new monsters. A new video for The Witcher is online ahead of its premiere as expected next year, showing off some of the creatures Gera will be facing down. Of course, you can see the full video on this page, which is set to the classic Monster Mash, and see several new beasts take on our titular character as played by Henry Cavill. The show is based on the books by Andrzej Sapolsky and was a bit hit for the first season. Big hit for the first season. The hypnosis for season two reads as follows. Convic convinced Yennefer's life was lost in the Battle of Sodden, Geralt Arriva brings Princess Cirilla to the safest place he knows, his childhood home of Kyra Machen. While the continents, kings, elves, humans, and demons strive for supremacy outside its walls, he must protect the girl from something far more dangerous, the mysterious power she possesses inside. The Witcher uh, Twitter account posted this on uh, Saturday on Halloween, saying, Monsters big, and, monsters big and monsters small, sharpen your swords and slay them all if you can spot them. And, of course, there's a picture on this account if you want to, of course, see that. Our next story here, uh, of course, this is another character we talked about here. Jeremy Thomas posted this story. Uh, let's see. I do believe he posted this on Monday 
as Steve uh, Steve Agee joins John Cena's DC series Peacemaker on HBO Max. John Cena has a co-star in the DC series Peacemaker, which is coming to HBO Max. Deadline reports that C Steve Agee is set to join Cena in the series, which will follow Cena's character from the Suicide Squad, which arrives on August 6, 2021. The site reports that Agee is rep reprising his role of John Economos, the warden of Bell of, of Bell Reeve Federal, Federal Penitentiary in the series. Agee is set to both play Economos and voice King Shark in James Gunn's Suicide Squad sequel. Gunn is the credited creator of Peacemaker and will direct several episodes of the series. Production is set to start next year. <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, uh, this story is also posted on Monday as Netflix is developing an Assassin's Creed live-action series. Jeremy Thomas has this story right here. Assassin's Creed is getting another go at a live-action adaptation with a series at Netflix in the works. Netflix has announced that they are they're teaming with Ubisoft for new scripted content, among them a live-action television series based on the video game franchise. Ubisoft Film and Television's Jason Altman and Daniel Krennic will executive produce the series, which is the second attempt at a live-action project based on the hit video game IP. 20th Century Fox released a live-action film that, despite some serious star power in Michael Fassbender, Marion Collard, Jeremy Irons, and Brendan Gleeson, was lambasted by critics and disappointed the box office when it released in December of 2016. We're excited to partner with Ubisoft and bring to life the rich, multi-layered storytelling that Assassin's Creed is beloved for, said Netflix VP original series Peter Friedlander. From his breathtaking historical worlds and massive global appearance, appeal as one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time. We are committed to carefully crafting epic and thrilling entertainment based on this distinct IP and provide a deeper dive for fans and, and our members around the world to enjoy. The video game franchise has sold over 155 million copies over 11 games, the first of which released in 2007, which makes it one of the highest-selling video game franchises of all time. So we'll definitely see how that will, of course, pan out here. Here really soon. Uh, let's see here. This one came out on Monday as well, as Jamie Lee Curtis was interviewed saying that Halloween Kills is a timely masterpiece that's about a mob. Jamie Lee Curtis is, is effusive about next year's Halloween Kills, calling it a masterpiece that taps into some very timely themes. Curtis spoke with the Jess Cagle show about the film, which was scheduled to release last month. It was pushed out in July to next year's Halloween season. Speaking with the host, Curtis talks about how the film expands its scope to look at the entire town of Haddonfield and how they were affected by Michael Myers' rampage in 1978. <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis says 2018 was about Laurie's trauma, right? It was focused on Laurie Strode, she said. But, you know, there's a lot of other people that said it had result of Michael Myers in 1978 and we brought back all of those people so Kyle Richards who played the little girl Lindsay came back we have the character of Tommy there are other characters marrying the nurse all of the people that suffered the trauma and the Halloween Kills movie is about a mob so what I will tell you is that what we are seeing around the country of the power of the rage of voices 
big groups of people come together and arrange it to set of circumstances. That's what the movie is. The movie is about a mom. She continued, and it's so very interesting because it takes on what happens when trauma infects an entire community, and we're seeing it everywhere with the Black Lives Matter movement. We're seeing it in action, and Halloween Kills, weirdly enough, dovetailed onto that, preceded it. It was written before that occurred, but then, of course, so when you see it as a seething group of people moving through the story as a big, angry group, it's really, 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 really intense. It's a masterpiece. Curtis gave full credit to Green and Danny McBride for the concept, saying it was just because trauma isn't just large. It was the entire community. It was the police officers. It was the little children. And that's, to me, by the way, all the genius of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. It's all their construction. And, again, I want to remind everybody it was pre-2020 era Black Lives Matter movement, and yet the same activity takes over in Halloween Kills. She went on to say that while Halloween ends is a total secret, but it's amazing, it's just amazing. Press for a hint about the film, she said it was about the nature of evil and the legacy of evil. Halloween Kills stars Jamie Lee Curtis, as well as, of course, uh, <coughs> uh, Richards, uh, Judy Greer, Andy Machek, Anthony Michael Hall, and more, and will release on October 15, 2021. So it'll be just in time for Halloween, of course, of, uh, of next year. Of course, Ms. Miss Curtis, of course, still looking absolutely fantastic. Do you remember, of course, um, she was in some great movies and TV shows back in the day. Of course, everyone remembers her as as playing opposite Dan Aykroyd in uh, Trading Places. And I thought that was a I thought that was another great movie of hers here as well. Uh, Joseph Lee posted this story on Monday as Dave Chappelle is set to host Saturday Night Live this week. Dave Chappelle's return to Saturday Night Live, the official Twitter account for Saturday Night Live, revealed that the stand-up comedian is set to host a November 7th episode, which will be the first after the election. If this sounds familiar, it's because he did the same thing in 2016. Chappelle hosted the first episode immediately after the election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, which, of course, Trump won. There were several skits commenting on the results, and and Chappelle commented on the reactions in his monologue. Various news sources have noted that due to the increase of mail-in voting this year, results may not be known tomorrow night. They may not even be known by Saturday or four weeks after. And, of course, all they're saying, Saturday Night Live's Twitter account posted this on Sunday. They said, next week. That's all they said. And, of course, there's a, and of course, there's a picture on there, obviously, of, it's of, of course, of Dave Chappelle. So we look forward to, of course, seeing him on uh on Saturday Night Live, of course, coming up here this Sunday. I mean, this Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And this story was posted on Sunday before we go into our pop culture history and birthdays. Jeremy Thomas posted this as Bloomhouse announces Insidious 5 and Patrick Wilson will direct it. Another film in the Insidious franchise is on the way with Patrick Wilson set to direct. Bloomhouse announced that late last week that a fifth film in the Insidious franchises in the works and that Wilson will make his directorial directorial debut as well as reprising his role as Josh Lambert. Ty Simpkins is set to reprise his role as son Dalton Lambert as well in the film, which will pick up 10 years after the last time we saw the Lamberts in Insidious Chapter 2. Dalton will be going to college and dealing with his ability to astral projects. The film will be written by Scott Teens, who did Halloween Kills, from a story by franchise scripter Leigh Le Wannell, 
for the 2022 release plan. Wilson said during a panel at Bloomfest per CS.net, from the directing side, if, I, if you told me a few years ago, do you want your directorial debut to be a horror movie? I have to say no, it's not me. A lot of that is out of fear because I've been sitting next to James Wan for a long time now. What I realized is that if I found the right story to tell, <clears throat> it didn't matter what genre. When this opportunity presented itself, thanks to Jason, also Lee and James and everyone else involved, I realized that this is the exact debut that I want that I want to make as a director, the exact people that I want to make it with, and the exact story. He continued to rarely get the opportunity to come out 10 years later, especially if you think about the lore of Insidious and this family, but specifically me and Ty, our characters being hypnotized. What does that do to a family after 10 years? How often do you get to come back even as actors and unpack that? So the director side of me said, hang on, this is a fantastic idea. I would like to, I would love to jump at this. Because if there's one thing James told me, it was find a story that you want to tell. And when Lay presented this idea, I thought I thought the bones of it I latched onto. The Insidious franchise has been a profitable one for Bloomhouse, grossing a total of $539.4 million worldwide on a total budget between the four films thus far of just $26.5 million. The third and fourth films were prequels that focused on Elise Rainier's experiences with the supernatural that ultimately led to the events of the first two movies, making this the first time we'll be revisiting the Lamberts since 2013. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with, of course, some pop culture uh, news and views here. Of course, we do thank 411 Mania for bringing that here to us. We will return to 411 Mania here in just a few moments here as we, of course, we now move on to, of course, our pop culture history and birthdays. And while we're getting that up here, I'll go ahead and bring this here to 6.59 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, on uh, Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. Epis <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, episode 228 of WCWS Outside the Ropes here. Uh, Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, of course, on the, on the line here with you. As we, of course, uh, continue, of course, we continue on here as we bring you, of course, today's uh, history and birthdays in, of course, November the, the 4th. Let's go ahead and start with events, of course, in film and TV, of course, here on this day. On this day, Vogue holds first model show, which is called Fashion Fatigue in New York City. On this day, 1920. Alderson's play Berkeley Square, starring Leslie Howard, premieres in New York City. 1948, American humorist Will Rogers commemorated by U.S. Poaches Service on a three-cent stamp. Today, 1968, uh, two events took place. WRDU, now WPTF, TV Channel 28, in uh, the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. Of course, Raleigh, of course, the capital of North Carolina, which is an NBC affiliate, had its first broadcast. And on that same year, WTOG, TV Channel 44 in St. Petersburg, Tampa, Florida, which is, I believe, an independent station, had its first broadcast as well. On this day, 1985, the movie Edge of Darkness first airs on BBC Two, featuring Bob Peck and Joanne Wally. I thought this was a TV show. I'm sorry. I thought it was a movie. It was a TV show. My apologies. On this day, in 1992, the New York Jets announced they are moving from WABC WFAN radio. 
on the August day in 2001, the 53rd Emmy Awards, the West Wing, Sex in the City, uh, James Gandolfini from The Sopranos, and also Edie Falco from The Sopranos uh, win big at the Emmys. Some birthdays, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Let me let me let's see here. Uh, let me. Let's do a little bit right here. Uh, a humorist, Will Rogers, would have been 141 years old here today. Also, let me see here. Uh, uh, Longtime uh, uh, anchorman, of course, at the CBS Evening News. Uh, Walter Cronkite would have been 104 years old here today. And, of course, everyone remembers from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and the movie, and also the movie Grandma's Boy, as well as, of course, played Ray Romano's mom on Everybody Loves Raymond Doris Roberts. Uh, today would have been, let me, let me look at this, uh, would have been 95 today. So happy birthday up in heaven to, of course, the late Will Rogers, the late Walter Cronkite, and the late Lewis Robertson. And also some deaths, some deaths that took place, of course, on this date. In 1932, Belle Bennett, who was an actress who was known for the movies Stella Dallas and Iron Mask, sadly dies of cancer at the age of 41. On this date, 1967, June Thorburn, who was an actress, a British actress who was in the movies Touch and Go and Children Galore, Sadly, dies in a plane crash at the age of 36. On this day in 1975, Sheila Ryan, who was, who was an actress but well known for her roles in the movie Song of Texas and Great Guns, passes away at the age of 54. And a very somber one indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, everyone remember hears about the the that the, 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 the tied in with the movie Poltergeist. On this day in 1982, uh, Actress Dominique Dominique Dunn, I think her I think her father, I think may had also something to do with the movie. I think he only was a director or producer or something. But she sadly was murdered by her boyfriend at the age of twenty-three years old. And of course, some weddings that took place here, ladies and gentlemen, on this day nineteen thirty-nine. Comedian Phyllis Diller, who was twenty-two at the time, weds inspector Sherwood Diller. In Covington, Kentucky. On this day, 1978, Fran Drescher, who was 20 years old at the time, wed uh, Mary's director, Peter Mark Jacobson, who was also 20 at the time. And on this day in 2006, radio and TV journalist Allison Stewart, who was 40 at the time, weds NBC, MSNBC vice president of primetime programming Bill Wolf, who was also 40 at the time, at the stylish New York restaurant, Soprani 23rd Street. So there you have it there in the world, of course, of, uh, of um, your history for film and TV. Now we check, of course, on this day here in music. On this day, 1783, Mozart's Symphony Number no. 36 premieres in Linz, Austria. In 1876, on this day, Brahms' First Symphony in C premieres at, in Karlsruhe Grand Duque, Grand Duque of Baden, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. On this day in 1890, Alexander Bordon, 
Borodin's opera Prince Igor premieres in Petersburg, but that is in Russia. 1908, Brooklyn Academy of Music opens in New York City. 1946, on this date, Park Avenue opens at Schubert Theater, New York City, for 72 performances. 1950, Barrier closes at Broadhurst Theater, New York City, after just four performances. Also in 1950, Console closes at Barrymore Theater, New York City, after 269 uh, performances. I would say 1954, Fanny opens at Majestic Theater, New York City, for 888 performances. And, of course, uh, uh, one birthday, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Puff Daddy. Of course, we also know him as also as P. Diddy. Of course, Sean Combs today turns 51. And also, on this, uh, also ladies and gentlemen, uh, composer Felix Mendelssohn passed away on this date in 1840 in 1847. And we had one divorce in the world of music on this day in 2009. Singer Usher, who was 30 at the time, divorces and wardrobe stylist Tamika Foster. Who was 38 at the time due to irrevocably uh, due to a broken marriage after only two years. So, and now we go to, of course, the world of sports here, ladies and gentlemen. On this day in the world of sports, let's check that. Let's check this out. On this day in 1889, Players League begins declaring independence from baseball's National League. Also, 1924, California legalizes professional boxing. It had been illegal since 1914. On the day in 1934, after posting seven straight shutouts to start the NFL season, Detroit Lions beat Pittsburgh 40-7 at University of Detroit Stadium, scored upon for the first time of the season, rushed for NFL single-game record 426 yards. On the day in 1951, Ryder Cup Golf Pinehurst Resort U.S. wins nine and a half to two and a half. Sam Snead playing captain for U.S. Arthur Lacey non-playing Great Britain uh, uh, captain as well. Also, also in 1951, New York Giants and New York Yankees score back-to-back uh, uh, touchdowns on kickoff returns. And also, V.J. Merchant scores 154 versus England. In his last test cricket innings. On his day in 1953, new baseball balk rule gives the batter the option of accepting the outcome of the pitch or the balk. And also on his day in 1959, Ernie Banks, Cup shortstop, wins his consecutive National League MVP. Uh, of course, let's go ahead, Brent. We've got some. Uh, we, of course, got uh, some birthdays here on his 1873. Uh, Bobby Wallace was born. He was a baseball Hall of Fame Hall of Fame shortstop, pitcher, manager, umpire, and scout with the St. Louis Browns. He was actually born in Pittsburgh in JD's neck of the woods. He sadly he passed away in 1960. Uh, on this day in 1899, Nicholas France, France, a uh, road cyclist who who was in the Tour de France from 1927 to 28. He was born in uh, Mama. Mamir Capellan Luxembourg. He sadly passed away in 1985. I would say 1906, Bob Constantine was born. He was a journalist and author from America. He actually wrote the Babe Ruth story. He was born in Washington, D.C. Sadly, he passed away in 1975. 
And I'll say in 1909, Bert uh, Padenaud, I hope I pronounced that name correctly, he was a soccer forward on the American team, uh, four caps, score of, first hat trick in World Cup history in 1930. He was born in Fall River, Massachusetts. Sadly, he passed away in 1974. Also, two deaths happened on this date here. Cy Young, of course, a Cy Young Award named in his honor, sadly passed away on this date in 1955. And Sparky Anderson, uh, a lot of that, he was a manager, I believe, with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, sadly passed away 10 years ago on this date in 2010. And one wedding that took place here, ladies and gentlemen, in 2006, 1996 Summer Olympic gold medalist gymnast Dominique Mokinau. Sorry if I mispronounced that name. Who was 25 at the time. Weds podiatrist Dr. Michael Canales, who was 29 at the time, in Houston, Texas. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with your uh, pop culture history and birthdays here, of course, here for today. And the human suplex machine, John Gross, will be bringing us some of these. Um, we'll be bringing us some of these uh, pop culture history and history and birthdays here uh, tonight here, I'm sure, on episode 907 of Revolution. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are, like I said, about 20 minutes off from, of course, um, from, 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 of course, the end of the show here. But I will go ahead and let you know here before we continue forward. Um that don't forget to speaking of revolution tonight, don't forget to join us episode 907. Of course, caller ID 138055 pound. As we of course bring you to of course today's wrestling news and views, also some wrestling history and birthdays, and also some pop culture history and birthdays. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we hope to of course get you in some results as far as as far as of course uh, <clears throat> uh AEW and NXT here. We hope to have of course some uh some as we hope to of course get you some some announcements here um about uh, about of course like i said what what did take place here uh, what did take place here so so we'll definitely have that all here for you on revolution episode nine of nine oh seven of course coming up here tonight at nine one three eight zero five five pound of course right here in the radio network right here of course on talkshoe.com ladies and gentlemen we're going to bring you three quick stories here of course to kind of round things off here a little bit uh joseph lee posted this story here today as mjf explains why he actually wants to join the inner circle in an interview with fifle mjf spoke about why he wants to join the inner circle and if he has designs on running the faction himself, here are some here here are some highlights on why he wants to join the inner circle. MJF says, "Yes, yeah, pretty obvious. Obvious if you look at what happened with dictator John Moxley, who cheated despicably by using an illegal maneuver. I should be the AEW World Champion right now. The only reason why that that didn't happen is because I made a critical error. It's very clear that in order to be successful in all elite wrestling, you need to be part of a group and or stable." There's a lot of lines being drawn in the sand for that particular reason. I personally feel that right now I would be the AEW World Champion if I had a group of people that would be willing to stand up for me on my behalf. That's when it became very clear to me that I need to be part of a group. But what better group to be part of than the best group, the best faction, the best table, and not just AEW, but of all professional wrestling, being, of course, the inner circle. 
Also, me and Chris were pretty much best friends, so it just makes sense. Um, if he wants to lead the group, MJF says, this feels like you're putting me into a corner here, and I don't appreciate it. This is the type of stuff that I knew was, was going to come up, because you're that dirt sheet guy. You're trying many people say the wrong thing, but I'm not going to here. I'm going to keep being professional. I like you here, Sean, me, and uh, Chris. I believe we have a genuine bond. I believe that's more than we're going to need a leader if I do join the group. I think, if anything, we understand we are the two biggest stars in our pro wrestling. Nobody can keep our names out of their mouth. After every single segment, there's about a week's worth until the next segment where people are only talking about us. In fact, we're, I think we're both fully aware that together we can accomplish an insane amount that there's not going to be a need of some sort of weird power struggle. I don't think there's going to be some weird uprising. I think we're going, we're just going to work together. That's what I think. So of course we'll just see what all happens here. Of course here with uh, with, with this if this does of course pan out. Jeremy Thomas posted this story yesterday as Taz apparently makes a Triple H related joke on AEW Dark. Taz had a little fun at the expense of one of Triple H's former gimmicks on last night's episode of AEW Dark. Wrestling Inc. reports that during the Ryzen vs. Frankie Kazarian match on tonight's show, Taz made a reference to the WWE executive's old terrorizing gimmick from his early WCW days. Referencing Ryzen, who lost the match to Kazarian, Taz said, You know what his first name should be? Terra. Nah, that would never get over. That'd be the the, the, the mess, we'll say. Escobar went on to continue to joke calling Ryzen a terror later in the match. Of course, of course, uh, Blake Lavelle of uh, 4 Mania does have a complete review of, of, of course, the AEW Dark. Uh, um, last night's AEW Dark, of course, right there, if you want to, of course, check that out. And we, we may bring that up on tonight's Revolution. I'm not sure yet, but we'll see what we can pull. What we can pull up right here. And also one more quick story, ladies and gentlemen. The story came out yesterday here from Jeffrey Harris, some WWE news. As Liv Morgan actually tries out some spicy hot sauces and also the six-year anniversary of the New Day and also, of course, a stock update. WWE superstar Liv Morgan released a new vlog where she tries out some of the spiciest hot sauces you can check out, of course, the video on this page right here if you want to, of course, take a look at that there indeed. Um, that So if you want to take a look at that uh, video, it's on, it's on right there. Also, WWE noted that today, that yesterday, uh, yesterday actually marked the sixth anniversary. The anniversary, we got our first look at the new day, of course, on this day, on, on yesterday's date six years ago. Of course, you can check out the classic new day clip. On, on the Twitter account right here. Obviously, the staple would go on to become much different from its original iteration. Of course, WWE Network posted this yesterday on their Twitter account saying we got our first hint of the New Day six years ago at Austin Creed wins, at True Kofi, at WWE, at WWE Big E. And also, WWE stock opened up yesterday with the price of $38.74 per share. Since that time, the stock has gone up slightly to $38.80, where, of course, as of yesterday's writing, that's where it was sitting. So it did not really move that much, and we don't have officially any other updates about how that, of course, ha happened right there. So, 
So ladies and there you have it with, of course, some, some stories here, of course, to, to, of course, kind of wet your whistle here a little bit here. Uh, as we, of course, in about, like I said, uh, in about less than two hours, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be, we'll definitely be, of course, uh, bringing you uh, more wrestling stories here in our wrestling news and future segment uh, from, uh, from, of course, uh, from, of course, uh, <clears throat> Uh, four let four uh, four letter mania, of course, coming up here later this evening. One more quick check, ladies and gentlemen. This is as of as of, of course, like I said, uh, seven nineteen p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it looks like that it does it still has not moved from. Of course, when we when we checked it when we first came on the air, it seems that Joe Biden right now is still still six votes away from, of course, from picking up the election. And Donald Trump is 56 votes away. And I'm sure they're still trying to get all the votes in here. Of course, like I said, as, we, as they always say, of course, they want to definitely be 100% fair. So, like I said, based upon all that. Uh, so, we will, of course, hopefully, like I said, be hearing a little bit more about, of course, everything that goes on with the election, of course, here throughout the evening. And, of course, the Iceman, I'm sure, will be posting some more stories on our Entertainment Cavalcade page coming up here um, here, here throughout the next uh, day or two. And also, of course, uh, <clears throat> also of course, I'm sure on Wolfpack Thursday, not tomorrow night, unless he does come on Revolution tonight, uh, I'm sure we'll know that we'll definitely be bringing us some more updates about, like I said, all the, all the um, results here, of course, of this, of course, if we do have a definite answer by, of course, the end of the night, which it does, from the way it's looking now, it may seem, it may seem that way, but like I said, we're not sure yet, but we'll just, we'll just keep tabs on it, we'll, we'll continue to let you know here, folks. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening in here tonight to episode number 228 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, of course, once again, Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw here. And, of course, like I said, or check us out later tonight for episode 907 of Revolution. As we, of course, we hope to get some more updates in. which I hope to get you some result, updates on the results of, a, of tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite, as well as, of course, um, NXT as well. <clears throat> in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, of course, here as well. So be sure to, of course, like I said, listen in. On all that here, of course, coming up here later this evening. We also encourage you, of course, to check out all of our groups, of course, here in the WWS uh, stable of groups on Facebook, uh, including, as we said, of course, a lot of our entertainment groups, including the Entertainment Cavalcade itself. Also, of course, Sports Roundup, as well as WWS Movie Channel, Location of Animation, uh, where we got all three Garfield holiday specials. Of course, we still have the Halloween one on there, but we also have the Thanksgiving one and the Christmas one on there if you want to check that out. We've added some more movies, of course, to the WWS Movie Channel, as we said, uh, including, including of course, the movie Stagecoach, of course, with uh, with uh, um, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and William Jennings. Also, of course, uh, the original RoboCop, of course, Peter Weller, the very first the movie that started the whole franchise. Also, of course, of course, some of the ones we added here not too long ago, including, of course, volumes one and two of the Ernest P. Worrell commercials. I uh, remember the late Jim Varney, 
normally. And also, of course, the movie Spaceballs, also Mr. Mom, Baby Boom, among others. So there's, there's a lot of interesting movies on this. Be sure to check out a lot of those. Of course, um, of course, like I said, include also, yes, uh, Remo Williams, the, the Adventure Begins. Be sure to check out check that one out there as well if you want to go back and go and check that out. Also, the our Power Rangers group, Power Rangers Protecting the Power. Also, Motor Week Retro Review, Cars of the Past. We also, of course, <clears throat> encourage you to check out all of our wrestling uh, tribute groups as well, uh, including, of course, Women of WCWS for our female wrestling fans. Uh, also, tribute groups like OVWUS, ECWUS, NWAUS, ROHUS, uh, GCWS, both of our Impact US uh, pages that we posted some original TNA matches from, from that a long, from, from a long time ago. Also, WCCW US, um, AWA US, among others. Also, of course, definitely check out the video vault where we have a lot of great, uh, great uh, matches and moments. Of course, we've posted some here, of course, recently concerning The Undertaker. Also, we're starting to get some more matches in from past Survivor Series. So we hope to, of course, for you to check those out <clears throat> there as well. And these are the full matches, ladies and gentlemen. There's no highlights about any of this. That like, <clears throat> there's no highlights. No, these are the full, <clears throat> excuse me, full blown matches. So we encourage you, of course, to check all those out that we got posted on there as well. Also, ladies and gentlemen, our voting is continuing in the second quarterfinals of the of the NXT US Halloween Havoc. Uh, uh, championship tournament. Uh, also, of course, we have two other matches not related to the tournament. Of course, a uh, match, a poll match for the WCWUS Money Inc. Championship, as well as for the OVWUS World Heavyweight Championship. And of course, uh, we'll point out that the second quarterfinals of the Halloween Havoc title tournament, as well as those two matches, will of course be up up until the voting will be available to happen until Friday night. So we will announce all the results on episode 908 of Revolution coming up here, uh, coming up here, of course, on Friday evening. But we'll give you, of course, more updates about it here tonight on tonight's edition of Revolution as well. Uh, Outside the Ropes, episode 228 is a broadcast of the the WCWS radio network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, five years older and continuing to be bolder. Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. And, of course, remember Mr. WWS has rules to live by, of course, to in order to, of course, uh, combat this pandemic. Of course, likes to keep yourself clean, keep your hands clean. And most of the certain ladies and gentlemen definitely do a whole lot of heavy praying because we definitely need to get a lot of that. You uh, need to get a lot of that back into our systems here because with all that's been going on here, we <clears throat> we could we just certainly could use some some motivation and inspiration. I think that right there would definitely just. So we'll talk to you later here later on on episode 907 of Revolution. For now, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is of course the WCWS Radio Network. Mr. D- Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you for now, and we'll talk at you on 9- 907 of Revolution. Coming up here in about an hour and a half. Uh, take care, and of course, God bless, folks. This is the WCWS Radio Network.
Take care and God bless, folks. Once again, this is the WCWS Radio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.